welcome back to episode three of How I Spent My Allowance. This time we're doing introductions at the top of the episode. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Seth. Professional. Oh. I'm James. I am Naomi. I'm Patrick. I'm Riley. And here we are with chapter five, The Grotto of the Draco Lich. Now, picking up from where we left off last episode, we're pretty sure this is not a sex grotto. <laughs> we're, we're pretty sure. We're pretty sure. <laughs> we're pretty sure. Grotto. Yeah. <laughs> There's a generation of people where that just went right over. There. Yeah, because I had to do a double take. Yeah. And that's okay. Sitting there across <laughs> the way, oh. you don't have a lot to say. It's a drago <laughs> Yes. So the sh- mashup we've been looking for. <laughs> well, actually, uh, Shandrel does work as Ariel, at least in the first chapter. Like I can imagine, yeah. I yeah. want to go where the people are. Yeah. yeah. I want right. to get out of this, out of this building, see, <laughs> see them fight. And by the magic of plot. Yeah. She does. <laughs> and, and there, there we go. Whether or not was earned. Yes. Right. Okay. So um, the Shadow Cell has kidnapped Shandrel. She's taken her to the grotto of the drag- Dracolich Roglothgor, <laughs> who it turns out was a very old red dragon. Mm-hmm. So he breathes fire before he became a Dracolich. And the Shadow Cell, apparently the, the members of the cult are aware of Shandrel. They're aware that she uh, escaped them. They're upset about that. So the Shadow Cell is doing a little interrogation to try to figure out how how that happened. Roglothgor apparently has some sort of truth-sensing spell, which, and my memory fails me for fi- for second edition, I don't think there was Zone of Truth, but I think there was a candle that did something like that. Yeah. yeah. Also in second edition, there weren't really skills mm-hmm. as we know them. Mm-hmm. now so what was there like what if you like, were like acrobatics and i want to jump yeah, over this yeah it. it was it was okay so going back to first edition there was stuff like bend bars and lift gates and uh pick locks and all this kind of stuff and most of the time you didn't have to worry about it unless you were a thief like if you were a fighter your bend bars lift gates was probably going to be good but your fine traps your disabled traps and all that stuff that was all thief stuff and in second edition i honestly don't remember because it's been that long you know over 20 years since i played second edition and i actually i i turned in all my second edition source books a while back because i realized that i wasn't ever going to play it again but yeah you didn't have these these sort of list of skills um so deception wasn't really a thing it might have been you you sort of like had a proto deception where you'd roll your charisma against somebody else's wisdom Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the dragolich has has some sort of truth sensing thing and it becomes obvious and i think it's, uh, it's actually mentioned that the Shadow still believes that Shandrel is an escaped princess of Cormier uh, named Alosair. Mm. And Shandrel is just like baffled and bewildered by all these questions. And the Dracula is just like, uh, yeah, you know, I'm evil, but she's not who you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I am evil, but I'm not a liar. Yeah. yeah. Now, what's, what's weird to me about this, and again, I'm breaking the rule, is that in the context of later on in the book, the cult of the dragon has been keeping an eye on Shandril, and we'll talk about that for different reasons, but apparently, because messages don't work as quick as teleports, nobody's connected the dots yet. Like, the cult was, this most recent branch of the cult is looking for her because I think they also think she's the, the uh, princess of Cormir, and because she escaped, they're not looking for her because the cult as a whole is keeping an eye on her and watching her grow up. So that's, mm-hmm. that's that's the thing that's happening. But anyway, they have this interrogation, and you know, Shandril just relays her adventures, and then found a bone. <laughs> yeah. Some bones <laughs> fell off of it. Some bones <laughs> fell off of it, and then 
I dropped my teleport bone. We, well, I was caught between these two bones. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you were. Yeah. I, I passed out a few times. Yeah. I, I fell oh. a lot uh, on things. Uh, I I basically, I don't know what happened to my adventuring party. It's kind of fun. I mean, but it is like yeah. we're making a joke out of it, but that's kind of how it actually plays out. She's yeah. like, look, I, I am not anything. Like, I just bumbled around yeah. for a bit. You know what I actually want to see this now, but I want to see all recaps happen this way, is I want to see, uh, what's the character's name? Luis from... Oh, Ant Man from, yeah. mm, from oh, Ant Man. Yeah. I just want to see him do this recap. <laughs> <laughs> and then this wizard was like, "No way, you can't go here." And then my friends were like, "Yes way, we can." <laughs> and we did. And we did. And then a dragon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, oh, dang." Yeah. <laughs> no, and like in the meta what sense, it's like, all right, roll a dexterity saving throw. And like, well, that's a crit one. Yeah. You, yeah, you 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 lose your bone and you nearly drown. It, right, <laughs> but you manage to escape these monsters because that plot armor you're wearing is. I need you. I need yeah. you to make it to the end of the game before I can kill you. Yes, exactly. And then, in the most dramatic but least earned and least impressive entrance of all time, Narm shows up. Narm. Yeah. And he casts magic missile, and apparently somehow Does he's anybody else. Every time he just shows up somewhere, imagine everybody in the room going, "No!" One of my favorite shows I've seen produced, period, especially in the Washington D.C. area, is "She Kills Monsters" yeah. by Quiwin. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. Is is a delightful exploration of. D and being a nerd and stuff, and was written in a time where like that was a little bit of an uncomfortable truth for a lot of people. Yeah, in one way or another. And it, Rorschach Theater Company produced it, and they had like all of these old first and second edition D and D books that yeah, were on uh, display in the lobby. Didn't Megan Reichelt yes. curate that? Yes. Yeah, and that was phenomenal just to see all of these old textual documents, but yeah. also like there's a character in that play that shows up right before like every thematic yeah. boss battle. He's like the the most Steve. average guy, Steve. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> in that production, there was a big like fanfare that would play every time he entered. He's like, "It's Steve, the whatever." Yeah, the, I think he calls himself the great. It is I, the great mage Steve. <laughs> and, yeah. actual line. and then he promptly gets eaten by a gelatinous cube or banished or something happens. I feel like Steve is almost Narm. <laughs> Tangent. Yeah. There's a gentleman named Mikey Mason who uh, does a lot of nerd. Uh, Nerd songs mm-hmm. needs to be a name for this genre. I mean, there, there's actually one called Wizard Rock. Yeah, there which, is the Harry is, Potter genre. I, I, he, he's not doing that, but he has a song called Best Game Ever, which is just, it's just him talking about how many times they killed his annoying younger brother's characters <laughs> because the, the guy who's singing, his mom insisted that they let the younger brother play and the younger brother was kind of an asshole <laughs> but it's sort of that thing and then this character was introduced and then immediately killed off one of another tangent one of my favorite stories ever that i read in a dragon this did not happen to me i hope it actually did happen but i read in a dragon magazine was that there was a there's an adventuring party and one of the guys there's always that guy insisted mm. on making anti-paladin Mm. Um, and I think there's an actual class for that now, the black guard yeah. or, or something the, like, like uh, oathbreaker. Oh yeah. yeah, but and, and, and which is an evil paladin, and they're like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna make a, please don't, please don't make another anti paladin. <laughs> uh, and much like Michael Just Scott doing improv, being told not to use a gun. <laughs> sure enough, 
like they're like describe your character coming in well he's wearing all black plate mail and he's wearing he's riding a black horse and he's riding towards you so they're like fine so the wizard casts polymorph other on a boulder and turns it into a pebble and gives it to the halfling who puts it in his sling and slings it at the anti-paladin. <laughs> well, paladins and anti-paladins at that time had a 10-foot anti-magic shell radiating from them at high enough levels. So the pebble hits the anti-magic shell, turns back into a boulder, and crushes the <laughs> anti-paladin <laughs> instantly. Yeah. Anyway, so what we're saying is, occasionally, killing off people instantly is fun. Which is not at all what happens to Nar. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, because we uh, we find out it, in the beginning of the chapter, we get this little look in on on Narm w from Torm and Rathen, and yeah, and it's like, oh, by the way, the fireball didn't kill him, and yeah, here here your friends, we just showed up, following behind you to make sure you're okay. Oh, do we need to go follow you on your quest for Shandril? Sure, why not? Let's yeah. let's do this. And here's thing. some healing potions. The Knights of Mithranor, by the way, well stocked with healing potions. I don't know. I forget what temples are in Shatterdale, but they have to be doing a brisk business in healing <laughs> potions. Well, like, and what kind of, like, what kind of, like, mentor role is, are they playing? Because they're like, all right, have fun with the devil's arm. And then, like, you okay, bud? Nope. And they're like, all right, I guess we're going to come on this thing with you. We, we circled back. We felt bad. The, yeah. the like, but, older sibling. Yeah. I gotta let you suffer because you're not gonna grow if you don't suffer. <laughs> yeah, but this is like it, the thing is that is their job, right? Is to like get people out of Mithranor and kill devils. So it's like they're just they're just doing their job. But it is weird that they left him to begin with. But I guess that's just so they didn't get caught in the fireball. They might not be as good at saving throws as Narmus, who is apparently extraordinarily good at all saving throws yes. and nothing else. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I also feel compelled to like kind of talk about Draco Liches just so far yeah, as like yeah, yeah, yeah. the lore of a lich is a wizard who decided that they figured out a way to take their soul and put it into an external thing that they hmm. called a phylactery that they have to hide somewhere. Uh, and if you destroy the phylactery, the soul moves on to the other side and the lich instantly falls apart. I assert that in the game Destiny, you are a lich, albeit a cyberpunk lich in the dystopian future, but that's neither here nor there for this <laughs> podcast. Uh, a Draco Lich, similarly, is a dragon that I guess conned someone into taking its soul and putting it into a phylactery somewhere far away, and the Draco Lich then can proceed to do Draco Lich undead things, and that's what makes them unique as an undead creature. Yeah. Not they, that Riley knows anything about Draco Liches. Yeah. I'm, yeah, uh, I am one of my big bad evil guys that I'm running in a campaign is a Draco Lich. Um, Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the Draco Liches also are usually, like, dragons are inherently magical. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so they can sometimes, if they've reached a, a certain level, they can perform the, the necessary procedures to create a phylactery. Um, another thing about liches in general, too, is, like, you can give that, like, undead body as much use and abuse as possible, but as long as the phylactery exists, it will reform and put itself back together again. Spoiler alert, that does not seem to be the case for Draco Liches in, in the Forgotten Realms. Mm. By the way, <laughs> this might be a good time to do a little bit about the Cult of the Dragon because we've yeah. talked yeah, about them, please. but we haven't um, really discussed them. So here's the thing. It appears that the Cult of the Dragon is based on a mistranslation of a prophecy by cool. a gentleman named Samister, right? 
let me see if I can. I, I'm not going to get the lines exactly right, but Elminster. Remember Elminster? Yeah. He's going to come back into the story. Um, what? Elminster translated this part of the prophecy as blah, 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 blah. None shall rule but the dead, period. Dragons shall have command, will have oh. command of all the land. And Samister interpreted it as none shall rule, period, but dead dragons will rule over everything. So the cult of the dragon is basically like, well, eventually there's going to be an apocalypse, and the only people who are going to be alive are dead dragons. So Wait if, a minute. <laughs> so if we find some dragons, and we tell them that we're on their side and give them treasure and give them the ability to be undead, maybe they won't kill us when the apocalypse happens. So essentially the cult of the dragon is running around creating dead dragons so that when the apocalypse happens— they will know the dead dragons and not be killed by the dead dragons. Oh. Yeah. I also want to say that it's really hard to tell from this book who's a true believer and who's just in it for the power. Because I want to say that the Shadow Sill doesn't seem to be terribly interested in the actual beliefs of the cult. Mm. She's just sort of there because it helped her get a bunch of magic stuff. Mm. One might say that's the purpose of a cult. For the higher ups. For the higher ups, yeah, absolutely. In universe, are they like, yeah, hi, want to join the cult of the dragon? I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know how you go about recruiting this with uh, without the internet. Fair, uh, <laughs> because it, 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 it seems it seems like today, if you can get people to believe in QAnon through the internet, it would be fairly easy to convince a bunch of people that. Like, dead dragons are going to rule over everything, so you need them to join the cult. But I don't know how you go up to a uh, generic peasant bee and be like, hey, generic peasant bee, let me tell you about this thing I'm into. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever thought about not being dead in a coming apocalypse? And the peasant's I have, like, I, I, a lot. I, I haven't, because I assume I'm going to die from the next plague. <laughs> I'm really worried about tilling the fields. <laughs> yeah. But then eventually you get to, and all we have to do is suck up to dragons and then make sure they they live on as undead. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, that seems totally reasonable. I'll do that. What are the benefits? Oh, well, aside from not dying in the apocalypse, like, you get a stipend. It's you like, get room yeah, and do, board. Do you get treasure? No, we pretty much give that all to the dragons. <laughs> okay. But you get three square meals a day. <laughs> you get three squares. And yeah. you know your place in the world. Yeah. yeah. I imagine it starts off a little, like, it's a little soft of, like, yeah. Like, wouldn't it suck to die? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And then they're like, cool, 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 cool. What if also dragons didn't die? Go on. Go on. I'm, I'm, no. I'm listening. We can arrange it so that the dragons know you. Yeah. yeah. This almost sounds like a timeshare now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like mean, you're it trying to sell me on a timeshare. Kind of, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Little column yeah. A, little column B. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we got some LuLaRoe for you. <laughs> <laughs> and if you sell 12 pairs of leggings and give that money straight to our Drago Lich Master, <laughs> yeah. you will not be killed in the upcoming apocalypse. See, all it takes is for me to recruit three peasants. <laughs> and and then, those, then those three. Recruit three peasants. So and what we're saying is the cult of the dragon is a pyramid scheme. <laughs> At the top of the pyramid, there are Dracoliches and various <laughs> high-ranking wizards. So, you know, y don't get involved. Exactly. Is what we're saying. You'll never get to the top yeah, of the pyramid. Nobody likes multi-level marketing. Nobody does. Except for, uh, like, your one friend who's good at it. Yeah. And yeah. somehow they are now a wizard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, 
Narm shows up, right? Narm! Narm. Narm. <laughs> and then Rathen and Torm come in, and they're, they all start fighting the, the Shadow Sill, but nobody really expected a Dracolich. No one yeah. ever does. No, no. no nobody no. expects a Dracolich. So, you know, they're fighting. The Dracolich is breathing fire. Stuff is happening. Uh, Torm does have, I, I think, a fun line. And this is one of the things I was talking about, where there's something that happens narratively that's really interesting that I don't think would happen in an actual campaign because it's not as efficient. At one point, Torm shows up and says, well met, witch. I'm Torm, and these are my feet, as he does basically a flying jump kick <laughs> oh, into <yeah>. her. <laughs> Superhero uh, one-liner, go. But the thing is that I was looking at that, and I'm like, well, as a rogue, you're doing unarmed damage it's only a d4 it's not like if you were a monk that would make mm -hmm. sense but as a rogue you why aren't you leading with your blade because and maybe he got sneak attack on that and it's it's too hard to tell but it's but basically it's not just rather than torm they brought a whole bunch more of the knights of mithranor mm -hmm. and i don't at this point i don't remember who all is there but there's just a bunch of knights and they're fighting the dracolich and just everything's going on right so this is maybe like the fifth fight that Shandrel has been in or witness to since chapter two, mm -hmm. right? We basically have her running away again, and then rocks fall, nobody dies. Mm -hmm. But does she pass out? <laughs> for, for, what, for once, she does not pass out. Once, oh, wait, no, does she? Uh, no, no, she no, doesn't. No, she doesn't. No, it. It's like, no, she doesn't. Not this time. And she's in the dark. She finds a crystal sphere that glows with a white light, uh, and she uses this to try to get out. And she comes across she comes across good old Narm, right? Who is now unconscious again, because I believe they actually they don't say second level, but they use the but later on they call him an evoker, or mm -hmm. he calls himself an evoker. So back in the day, mm -hmm. each level had a title. Oh. And that was the title. That was what you called. It was like a military rank. That was what oh. you called a second level magic user was an evoker. So he should not be here by all the rules of D and D. Neither of them. Neither no. of them. No, <laughs> they should not be here and alive. They should be one or the other, but not both. And yet, and yet mm -hmm. they are. So <laughs> Chandril and Narm have a have their meat cute. <laughs> After the glance, and they introduce each other, and they're they're walking around this cave-in that they're both in. Uh, it's handsome. He was. Oh, he was, was handsome, just, right? Yeah. You know. So he done so much to help her. <laughs> and then they don't they don't know each other at all, but they know they're attracted to each other. And I believe he's twenty two and she's sixteen, and like he finds a he finds a little bit of jewelry for her, and he's like, "Here, you should you should yeah. have this." And then there's things that I like and I don't like about this. He's like, oh, man, look at all this weird treasure. Maybe we can find some stuff. And she's like, maybe you don't look for treasure right now, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not It's not quite like that. She's, but like almost. But it's almost. <laughs> the impression that I get is that she thinks she's going to die. She's had a really rough day. <laughs> she's 16 and attracted to this dude. And yeah. she's just like, you know what's going to happen before anything else? <laughs> I'm going to get laid. I'm going to get laid. 
Should I just impose insert that clip from Brooklyn Nine Nine of Holt just screaming bone? <laughs> sure. Oh yeah. Wordlessly, Shandrel passed him the bread and clasped his forearm as the company clasped those around their equals. Maybe not, she said, after a time, desire stirring within her. And yet, I live because of you. Norm took her hand and raised it slowly to his lips. Eyes on her, she smiled and then kissed him on impulse. It was more it was a long time before they parted and looked at each other. More sausage. <laughs> <laughs> Norm and she is, uh, she is, she is taking that sausage. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. Um, oh. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and then la- later on, they <laughs> they figure want more sausage. They figure out that yeah. that coins and coins and stones can be a comfortable bed, and they like have yeah. they mm. have little pillow talk. But then, who should show up? But our old friend, the shadow cell, oh. who has polymorphed herself into a lizard, the better to crawl around in the cave-in Draculich lair. I'm sorry, just yeah. very quickly, not since Scrooge McDuck <laughs> has there ever been a, another misjudgment of the softness of coins. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, remember, Scrooge McDuck could swim. Yeah. In his, he could dive in without ill effects and swim through his, through his treasure vault. Yes. Again, I got to say, like I would say to them, Coins don't work like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, what's interesting to me is that the way they describe because apparently like like much like your classic dragon like your Smaug, the Dracolich is apparently lying on his treasure, right? He just hangs out, curls up on his treasure, does whatever undead dragons do. <laughs> lich things. Yeah, lich yeah. things. Lich thing. And this is this is another place where you can't by the rules of the game, you can't do what's in the book because Dragons have a set amount of treasure. Mm. At no point is it actually enough for a full-grown dragon to lie down on. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't remember what the exact stats are, but in, in order for this to happen, in order for this to be a horde of this, the sort they're describing, you would need perhaps hundreds of thousands of coins to get it to work that way. And it just doesn't. And you don't give any adventurers at any level hundreds of thousands of coins because they're just going to go buy artifacts yeah Mm -hmm. even even if it's copper yeah 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 Yeah. the economy doesn't support well it it honestly it it, it honestly doesn't there's been i remember reading some weird thing about like the prices that you see in the player's handbook are adventurer prices Mm -hmm. because the people who are selling this stuff know that you have that money and that's not what they charge the farmers because the farmers don't have that money but the other thing is that on earth all of the gold ever mined could fill two Olympic-sized swimming pools. There's like mm-hmm. four to five Olympic-sized swimming pools worth of coins in this track and sword. The Scrooge McDuck of it all. The Scrooge yeah. McDuck. It's like it, it's, it makes me think about what the economy must be like, mm-hmm. because if one Dracolich has this much money, how is anyone liquid? How how does anybody have currency? They should all be working on credit and letters uh, letters of credit at this point because all of the coin is tied up in hordes. Yeah, and like <laughs> he's just sitting there, sitting there That's with his I'm little I'm drago litchy claws. And what is he? He like picks up a handful of brass c- coins and like lets them go, and they 
well, not only are you're working with talents, but you're working with talents without any flesh or scales on them. Mm-hmm. So how many yeah. coins can you actually pick up? Three. Yeah. 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 That's it's why the cultists come in handy. I, yeah. It's the next book where uh, the economy of the Forgotten Realms completely collapses and there's a revolution against the bourgeoisie. Uh, and, uh, and a revolution against the dragons that are hoarding all the wealth. Uh, and appara- it's definitely not a metaphor. Uh, no, apparently not. No, apparently the, the cult of the dragon is just, we got to bring more wagon loads of coin up to this guy. <laughs> Which I guess you can get from Mr. Nor because she was lying on a pile of copper coins then that was big enough for her to slide down. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And that, by the way, uh, that is the, the end of chapter five. We're done with the Grotto of the Dracolich, and we're now into Death in the Dark. Which is another euphemism for what happened at the end Ooh, of the last Ooh, there chapter. it is. There it is. It's yep. le petit mot in the yeah. dark. In the dark. Yeah. More so, sausage. More sausage. More <laughs> uh, drink. So, Shandrel, I should say at the end of chapter five, Shandrel is determined that the Shadow Sill is at least going to be surprised before she dies, before Shandrel dies, because she's pretty sure that the Shadow Sill is going to kill both her and Narm. So she takes this light globe that she has and she smashes the Shadow Sill's face in. I mean, she really does. And then she picks up a rock and tries to finish the job. Now, unbeknownst to her, the globe had a creature. And this is a type of creature that is, it's a fuck you to players. (laughs) Much in the same way that a rust monster is a fuck you to players. This creature is called a ball here, and it's a glowing ball of white light that absorbs magic. So if you cast a spell, it absorbs that. If you're not casting a spell, it latches on to the strongest magic item in the area and drains it of magic. Yeah. Of art. Of art. Of I'm art. sorry. Of art. It drains it drains all the art. So Drink? this is a big <laughs> this ooh. Uh, this is a big fuck you to uh, anybody who's playing because, you know, at, you know, at, at the level that the Knights of Mithranor are at, they all have a bunch of really nice stuff, and the ball here is going to pretty much drain it all. Mm. And at this point, I think in this chapter, the Knights of Mithranor find her again. They figure out that there's a ball here, and then what happens is, I believe the Draco Lich is just about to get involved again. Because what what we get we, we what we get before a quick break is there's a sudden flash and a roar and the ground uh, leaped up to meet them. And nobody cast a spell that would do that. So it seems like the Draco Lich is still alive despite the cave-in. And he is, he is gunning for him. Yeah, and there's... Uh, Chandral, by the way, has passed out again. <laughs> and... The knights basically are sort of shepherding, uh, carrying Chandril and shepherding Narm out. Mm-hmm. And then rocks fall and everyone dies again. And then one of, even as a 12-year-old reading this book, one of the weirdest lines in history happens. Chandril slowly wakes up. She recognizes that there are people near her. And she asks who it is and what they want, and the response you get is, molesting you sounds good. And that is Torm being funny. And it's like, that's a weird joke to tell someone that you just met, regardless of whether you saved them from something or not. It's also just a weird joke to throw in 
to the middle. I mean, why would you even? Yeah. Why? It is. It is a weird shift in tone, right? Like yeah. Immediately, yeah. things are. I'm not in the place I thought it was. Yeah, and then and then it's never addressed again. Mm-hmm. He he says that, and then he goes, "No, I'm just kidding. It's me, Torm. Remember me? I'm the lighthearted rogue." And Chandra's like, well, "Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember you. I trust you implicitly." Yeah, it, it it's just it's it's really weird. Broken voice croaked at her elbow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is the this is our count of second time. Chandrel is waking up from being from passing out and uh, immediately hears something about people wanting to take advantage of her yeah, while she's e- asleep. Even though it is a, a joke. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it is it's yeah, then that's that's really, really strange. Yeah. But also given the day she's had, where now she is running from a Draco Lich in addition to chlorine gas and Magic missiles. Yeah, we're we're assuming. So uh, this is another tangent. A friend of mine has a theory called Star Wars: What a Day, (laughs) and that it's that a New Hope could possibly take place in a single day. True, I buy that. You know, so long, such a long day. That's a hell of a day. Exactly. So, but if you take a look at what's happened since, basically, the fight in the mist. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that it's specified that the Company of the Bright Spear camps again. No. No. Oh, no. I did not read it that they camped again. So it could very well be, depending on how long Chandra was out for, that this is all the same day. Yeah. I mean, even being passing, pa- like, past the heck out. Like, yeah. you're still mm-hmm. going to be in that same frame of mind. Yeah. Well, yeah and fun <laughs> fact being passed out is not sleeping so yeah yeah. so you're you have not rested yeah there's no rem there was no long rest here you have not regained any hp (laughs) you're working on accumulating those exhaustion points right so after this this second rock fall Mm -hmm. basically the knights of mithranor sort of introduce themselves to chandral and narm and they sort of go through, and they have Rathen, who's a cleric. They have Torm, who's a rogue. Jessail, who's a spellcaster. Lancerl, who's a druid. And I think uh, I think Florin is there. Yeah, Florin is also there. Uh, Merith. Merith is he's an elf. He's a fighter. I think Florin might be a ranger. I don't remember who, unless they actually say it in the book. I don't remember who's all what. Yeah. But I think we do learn later that Florence a ranger. We, I think we learned it before. I think oh, it, it yeah, was. Yeah. I think it was in like five when oh, they okay. introduce him as young ranger or something like with, that. When he comes in with the Elminster. Yeah. And yeah. and basically, and they're, they're they take stock. They're taking stock of what's going on, and they're healing, and they're sort of doing a little, uh, sort of doing a little recoup and prep. And we find out that in addition to the Draco Lich, there are seventy cultists seven zero cultists wow. waiting for them uh now and at the very end of of this chapter elminster shows up again because now torm went to get him right they're like the knights of mithranor show up they're like oh there's a draco lich and then they fight a little bit and then the ball here gets released and then torm's like you know what someone's got to go get elminster so he takes off to go get Elminster, and I assume he has some sort of teleporting device or something that he uses to get himself out there. But yeah, that's that's basically chapter six. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of rocks falling. There's a bunch more of our main characters being unconscious. The Shadow Sill gets 
probably what's been coming to her since she got introduced in chapter four. And and that's pretty much it. Chapter six is kind of short. Yeah, compared to what we've been experiencing thus far. Yeah, well, yeah, and it, it's setting up the stakes for what's what's coming, right? Yeah. 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 It's like, Torm's like, oh, don't worry about the cult. I've got a few magic items that can do. Oh, no, they've <laughs> yeah. been drained of their are. Well, I had a few magic items. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. This is where you could cut the first movie. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, okay, yeah. and we're and we're and we're done. And done. intermission. And media res. This is where the book starts. <laughs> and I mean, like, maybe it's. <laughs> and then there's a record scratch. I expect you're all wondering how I found myself in this position. <laughs> and maybe it's a dick move in 2019 for me to kind of judge Ed Greenwood. You know, some what 21 years. Uh, out he knew what he was getting it's himself 30, 31 excuse 30, me 30, 30 years now, now yeah. like almost 2020 <laughs> yeah. we are almost in the 20s again uh yeah. this may be a dick move for me but i feel like there were many more meetings in this chapter than the chapter labeled many meetings <laughs> I, I agree agreed i agree yeah. there, there's, there's a lot yeah. more narm introduced himself to the shadow self torm introduced himself and his feet to the shadow self <laughs> yeah. uh, draco lich introduced itself to the I party. did. I yeah. did chuckle at that line. Yeah, very hard. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. you, you really <laughs> don't expect it. No, 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 it came out of nowhere. No. I'm Tormund. These, These are, are my, my feet. feet. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, and we're done. It's yeah. been a like, like Shandrell. This is a lot. Yeah, <laughs> this is a lot. Well, the, the, it's a lot, and there's like so much more to come. Yeah. in the next two chapters. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, think like the ball is rolling. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. things the, are moving. Yeah. Speaking of which, how much? Uh, where are we in terms of recording? Time? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Yeah, well, we guess what? We're gonna keep going. The next yeah. chapter. We're moving yeah. on to chapter seven. You want to make it uneven? I uh, know. <laughs> uh, chapter seven to face the bright danger. Yes. Before we hop on, yeah. uh, I have a question that's been kind of kicking around: Is what do we think Chandril is picking up levels in? Like, if we're quantifying this to a game. Her, so she's a thief? Yeah, her stated class is thief. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is before there were rogues. Oh, it, yeah. was, it was thief. And, it, I mean, the original four classes, if I remember correctly, and somebody, I'm sure, on the internet will write in to correct me if I'm not, <laughs> uh, but it was magic user, cleric, fighter, thief. Mm-hmm. And, you know, other stuff got added, like paladins and monks were there, and there was something called a cavalier, which was kind of like if you want to be a paladin but not cast spells or, yeah, like, have holy magic. Uh, and By this time, druids. Druids were a thing. thing. I mean, like, all of these all of these characters, like bards, too. Bards, yeah. All of these classes eventually got added in in first edition, but the, the core four were mm-hmm. cleric, magic user, thief, fighter. By the way... Do you know that the bards were the first prestige class? No. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> okay. Tell so, me more about what a prestige class is. It's prestige you speak of. Yeah. So <laughs> From whence it came. I, 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 think, I think they kind of, I want to say that there's y- y- there's still stuff in 5th edition, because you can be like an arcane archer, can't you? Or something like that. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So the idea. Arcane archer, new band name. <laughs> the prestige it's it's going to be the uh eighth season of archer where they're all wizards uh, <laughs> but I'm in. I'm it, in. it's a class that you had you could level in after you'd hit a, a prerequisite number of levels and usually two other classes like arcane archer you'd have to have some levels i think fighter or ranger and some levels of magic mm-hmm, user. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. arcane trickster some levels of rogue some levels of magic user and then you could 
go up in this other class called Arcane Trickster, which had its oh, own okay. special whatever. So in order to be a bard in first edition, you had to have a certain number of levels in fighter, a certain number of uh, levels in thief, and a certain number of levels in magic user before mm. you could be a bard. Oh, uh, so it's like a subclassing before subclassing was a thing. Right. Or, yep. And then you, and so what that meant was in this, I don't know that we're ever going to get to this series because the, <laughs> the core, there, it's five books long with an optional two others, mm. but the Gord the Rogue series uh, features a character named Geller, who is a bard, and at one point, Gord has the chance to resurrect one of his of his four companions, and he chooses Geller. And at the time, I was like, why would you resurrect the bard? <laughs> and then I went back to first edition, I'm like, oh, that's right, bards were actually really powerful in first edition, because they had all of these thief, fighter, and magic user abilities, plus the bard stuff. So yeah, I will say the way you phrase that, I now know more about your opinions of current bards. <laughs> well, I mean, I play one. Yeah, I, you do. I, I, it's just they're not they're not a prestige class anymore. No, they're, they're, they're like no. they're they're a regular they're a regular core class, mm -hmm. which is I I think fine. I like the way bards are set up. Yeah. Um, there is one interesting thing that I just looked up on the Wikipedia's, which is if you're a human, yeah, or an I guess an elf, you get those four classes. And then dwarf, elf, and halflings yeah. are classes in and of themselves. Oh, that was that was back in the days. Uh, like if you were an elf in basic D and D, you were a fighter mage. Mm -hmm. That's what you got to do. That's mm -hmm. that is your lot in life as an elf. Yeah. You will be this and only this forever. Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm sort of glad that they they got away from that in advanced and later editions. Yeah. And then we face the bright danger. And then we face the bright danger. That's what we're doing right now. We're facing the bright danger. In chapter seven. Yes, in chapter seven. <laughs> so as we all know, Elminster shows up, mm -hmm. and he explains what a ball here is, and we've already done that, so I'm not going to go into it again. But the interesting thing is he also explains that whoever released the ball here is the only one who can destroy it. Oh, cool. Which is a weird condition. <laughs> because it's like, well, wait a minute. Hang on a second. Hang on a second now. How does that work exactly? Do the minute you release a ball here, you become magically bonded to it, and the only way to destroy it is for you in particular? It like, imprints like baby ducklings. It imprints like baby yeah. ducklings, and it's going to follow you and your magic around, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's not really clear. So Shandril's going to be the one to must destroy it. She must be the one it to is destroy written. this ball. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is. So... um. Elminster tells her what to do, which is essentially stick your hands into the middle of this white magical force and <laughs> then just with the strength of your will, break it apart and absorb it. It's casual. It's casual. The, we're never really told how sentient the ball here is, but it's got some like basic level of something. It, it seems to be it's not just sort of an amoeba where it's like see magic, drink magic, whatever because it has enough will to fight Chandril, and Chandril has to overcome it. So she she sticks her hands into the ball here, and there's a lot of pain, but she manages to absorb it. And then, like, magical flames start shooting from her mouth, and, and there's blue and purple fire all over her, and Narm wants to run over to her, and everybody restrains him because it's like, no, she's going to kill you. I, I do want to not gloss over the fact that in order to draw the ball here to Chandril... So that she can, you know, magically, yeah, magically rend it and absorb it. Elminster asks Narm if he has 
yet a, does he yet retain a cantrip? <laughs> so he's his job, Narm's job, is to touch his lady's hand and cast this cantrip, and then Shandrel does her thing. The effect of this cantrip, the explains to Shandrel, uh, is that she is going to belch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, which, which spell? <laughs> yeah. Is it prestidigitation? Yeah. No, it's is it actually minor illusion? no, no, no. There was, I believe, a cantrip called belch or burp. <laughs> and that is the one that Narm, our leading male, took. Well, He's like, I need this. The most mage, most magnificent, is probably that's who yeah. That's if the only we could ask. If only we could, but that's <laughs> that's the spell that Marimar left Narm with was was belch. Oh. It's <laughs> really useful in battle. Yeah. If a, well, and a fun party trick. You can use it to disrupt <laughs> someone else's spell casting, but if you're that close, why not just use a dagger? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's such an uncivilized weapon for a mage, obviously. <laughs> no, uh, if someone there is listening right now, uh, please point out what cantrip that is. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, there used to be, like, well, in Unearthed Arcana, uh, this is going back to first edition again, but there were, like, huge lists of cantrips and whatnot mm. that I, as a young lad, used to read because I was a nerd and had only a certain number of books. So, yeah, so Shandrel's doing this. All of this stuff is happening, and... Basically, there's it's a couple of pages where she's dealing with this, and then when she's not, the fighting happens. Like, somehow, right about the same time she's finished dealing with the ball here, the cultists and Roglethgor come back in a big way. And then... And then the thing happens... At this point, Shandrel discovers her inner power, and the we finally we're finally introduced to Spellfire. This is on basically is on page 118, 119. Mm-hmm. Roglithgor comes back, and Shandrel burns him to ash. Essentially, there's there's descriptions of his bones cracking and blackening as this white fire consumes him. So let's talk about this for a second. Yeah. As I said. There was a, a supplement which detailed how you could be a Spellfire user, and I believe it only went up to 7th level. You could only get 7 levels of Spellfire user, but in no way was that character class as powerful as Shandrel is here and in the rest of this book. Mm-hmm. Perhaps she's special, Beth. Yeah. Well, she is special. She's a She's a character she's the main <laughs> character of a novel well they told us in the first chapter she's orphaned so we don't know from yeah. whence she came right? i don't think she's special <laughs> i mean she's not that special. no chandra really is kind of basic i'm sure oh, you're a protagonist <laughs> what you think you're special or something yeah. uh it's it's interesting because like uh elminster is apparently able to figure out the mystery of her parents with like mm, okay well you can wield spellfire huh Okay, well, that, that narrows it down considerably. It's probably these two people. <laughs> Rolls Arcana. Which is, yeah. Yeah, 20, I, I mean, right. fair yeah. enough. Like, I'm sure they're not, but they, but apparently, apparently Spellfire, okay, Spellfire hasn't been around in a while, except that I think, again, breaking the rule, we learn later, I think her mom could use it. So, I mean, that means like Spellfire hasn't been around for, say, 16 years. Yeah. Yeah. 
but anyway, Chandra basically wipes everybody out. Yeah, right? wherever she looks, we burn. Wherever yeah. she looks. <laughs> so, I, big mood. Big. Yeah. I Luckily, she didn't look at Nar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to point out, right, that we were talking about death count earlier, and again, we are introduced to a number of characters who die. Yeah. Uh, and right now, the Mook death count, <laughs> the Minion death count. Yeah. That ticker is starting to roll over <laughs> she just <laughs> she just wipes out 70 people and a draco lich more or less by thinking about and it she pulls a cyclops yeah, you know? oh, yeah. <laughs> like she pulls an yeah. angry cyclops and things just like yeah if we were the dm like you have just totally unbalanced the game yeah she almost single-handedly does this like yeah, she, yeah it, essentially it, it is it is single-handedly totally she single-handedly just, yeah and you're allowed one crowning moment of awesome per player character, yeah. as the tropes go. And, <laughs> well, she gets this. Many. This <laughs> crowning <laughs> moment of awesome. And basically, she destroys everything, and then she passes out. And then there's a whole bunch of business about everybody worrying about her. Narm, of course, is going out of his mind. I want to point out that this is, if not love at first sight, to be crude, this is love at first bang. Yeah. Because he is all about her being okay. Like, he, there is not another thought in his mind, but is she okay? Is she okay? And, you know, Elminster explains some stuff that, well, Spellfire can, you know, burn your innards. Yeah. <laughs> Casual. It's like, why are you explaining this now after she destroyed, <laughs> maybe before she destroyed the ball here would have been a good time to mention the potential dangers of Spellfire. So it's that moment from death becomes her now a warning yes <laughs> yeah. and it's basically the knights trying to calm narm down and heal Shandril and talk about what just happened that that is a lot of the rest of the chapter it's almost anticlimactic except that ed greenwood did a pretty good job of describing her fight with the ball here to try to overcome it and then mm -hmm. it's like and then she does that and then she destroys everything the amount of destruction she caused is going to be talked about for the next several chapters anytime somebody new sees what she did. Mm. Well, yeah, because not not only did, you know, 70 mooks yeah. bite it right off the bat, a Dracolich yeah. burned, done, yeah. but an entire keep and the side of a mountain? Yeah is gone with yeah. the remaining power well, like, yeah mm -hmm. that was that was a room oh by the way uh, nothing stands against me <laughs> not the dracolich not his worshippers not the stones themselves not even this mountain oh. <laughs> Angel, you got darkness inside yeah. of you she got some dark well kind of also she really is 60 yeah. <laughs> you, you know what Un unfortunately for girl. her and she doesn't know this but unfortunately for her spoilers that was actually her keep. If Aww. if if I'm right, like Aww. that was that was her dad's old wizard tower. Her dad oh, is cool. a wizard, also spoiler. The the the, the, the cult <laughs> of the dragon took over and yeah. My ancestral home. Yeah. So that's this was not, mine all the time. <laughs> she will not have to go to therapy to <laughs> no. talk about destroying her no. ancestral, ancestral home. home. So then we cut over to the shadow cell. Everybody remember her? Oh, did we not have to pour one out for her yet? Well, no, we no. don't. Ah. She got she got her she got her lights turned off back at the beginning of the chapter. <laughs> yeah. And then apparently was like, "Oh, my teeth are loose and I hurt a lot." 
and she dragged herself back to her her study yeah and just started drinking some healing potion so uh yeah. pour 70 shots out for the poor mooks yeah. if you dare yeah. and one for the draco lich at I, this point i think for the draco lich it's like you have to get a drinking horn yeah <laughs> and it's full of something could be beer ale or mead but yeah. that, that's yeah. what you're pouring out for that yeah. guy mm-hmm. yes and what shadow still decides is this mountain's been destroyed. All these cultists are killed. I'm beat up. You know what I need? Another Dracolich. <laughs> <laughs> so she she heals herself thanks to these potions. And that, by the way, we're we're told at that point that her mentor told her to cash them. Um, mm-hmm. you know, hide these. Uh, always uh, have healing potions, which oh, is cash. which. And she's also like, it's a good thing. You know, he told me to do that. And I'm like, that's just common sense. <laughs> like, here's a question: Why didn't you have any on you? I would have some on me and also back in my lair or whatever, but she heals herself. Encumbrance. Encumbrance. <laughs> and then goes to, as James said, another Draco Lich and is like, and he's already talking to a bunch of worshipers who are, who are there giving him treasure. And that might be where the treasure train ended up. They were going to his place to drop <laughs> it off. <laughs> but she shows up and she's like, hey, everybody, um, I'm super powerful. And I'm high up in the cult of the dragon, and uh, we need to do something. And this new dragon's name. Yep. Okay, here we go. <laughs> is Agastam. Agastam. Bless you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, what are the side effects of Agastam? <laughs> well, drowsiness, constipation, and rash. Yeah. <laughs> and a burning sensation. And a burning sensation. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so basically she shows up, she uh, casts this illusion to be like, we'll pretend that Roglothgor sent out a Princess Leia message. <laughs> <laughs> Stammon, you're my only hope. <laughs> and is like, hey, I'm under attack right now. It's real serious. Uh, it's, it's one 16-year-old girl. <laughs> you better come. And um, she is a bitch. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> and I'll give you half my shit. Yeah, and I'll yeah. give you half my yeah. stuff. And Stammon is like, I know you faked that message, but I'll take half of that dude's hoard. And for some reason, Egg Stammon has a snake hiss, which yeah. I think is a difficult trick to perform if you're a lich and probably don't have a tongue. Does he Bone just yeah. magically... <laughs> and like the lich magic just lets you talk, I right? Guess. Right into people's brains. And I, guess, I don't know, but it's got the, he's got but the hiss. Well, because yeah. he would also not have... Yeah. yeah, he would also not have vocal cords vocal cord right yeah, that's true no, the, so it's uh, mm-hmm. this is a a piece of his original drac i was Draconic? gonna say Draconia? humanity yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Not a human. draconity yeah, yeah. Dragon, dra- dragonity yeah uh that he just kept because it's part of who he is magic yeah, yeah. it's magic. it's like it's like the tendons yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like the, the tendons yeah. on the bone the finger bones keep falling off i'm like how many more finger bones are there on this yeah. arm so the straco lich had you know that bit of flesh left. Yes, just it's a Imagine blackened, that, shriveled tongue floating <laughs> in the middle of some massive reptilian jaws, hissing. <laughs> um, so, you know, Eggstammon agrees, mm-hmm. and uh, the Shadow Sill gets up on his back and is going to, you know, ride him over to uh, what's left of Roglethgor's lair and mm-hmm. try to destroy these people. And I just want to say that at the end, uh, there's a couple of things that happen. One of which is that she says she uses her cult ring, which apparently has special telepathy powers, saying, "Yeah, uh, 
go to this place above Lake Sember, and Agastaman refers to it as fried elf water. Fried elf water, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, so I guess there, there was a battle there, and the elves didn't have a good time. <laughs> okay. Uh, but then... But it always smelled like chicken. It always smelled like chicken. That is the magic of this place. <laughs> but then there's a reflection. We get a little bit of the Shadow Sills inner monologue, at the end of which she says, die all and let the Shadow Sill rise up on your bones, which apparently she said out loud. Yeah. Because Agstamon chuckles. And I'm like, that is the kind of thing, that is exactly what I'm talking about when I'm, I'm saying that the villains especially are not self-aware no. at all. The, the pomposity, the pomposity of these villains can only be equaled by 50s supervillains in the comics, I think. Yeah. When your name is the Shadow Sill, yeah, you you take yourself entirely yeah. too seriously. Well, yeah. I mean, oh. her name is also Midgeon, which means yeah, Simgarl Marowell. Yeah, like if if she's the one narrating this little section, like she calls herself the Shadow Sill and lets the Shadow Sill rise upon your bones. Yeah, she's talking about herself in third person. Yeah, which I is mean, always. I definitely once he chuckled, wanted the next line for her to be. Did I say that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, no, because this is 1988. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah and it, it's a quick turn because like fried elf water, and she she's like yeah. stifles a giggle, and yeah. then and let the shadows still rise upon your body. It's like, yeah, that's a it's a little weird. Now, immediately, I, I will yeah. say we didn't mention this. To be fair, Shandrel has a number of similar thoughts <laughs> where like half yeah. of half of her inner monologue when the spellfire starts exploding from her is burn, <laughs> let's burn. die. Burn, die, burn, die. So, burn. Well, and earlier we had the such pain. Yeah, such, such, such pain. pain. Such, such pain. pain. <laughs> More sausage. <laughs> no, she, she, is, she is not right now thinking about the sausage. That is no, not on no, her mind. No. Uh, sorry, Narm. I guess it wasn't. I guess she's got other more important things to worry about now. She's yeah. got a lot on her plate. You know? yeah. She does have a lot on her plate. I mean, it's been a day. Yeah. <laughs> she might actually get to sleep. It's, it's been a day. No, I think she does. I think she yeah. passed out. Remember, yeah. they're all trying to. Yeah. So it's like she's not sleeping. She's passed out for the possibly eighth time today. Yeah. And they like they do some healing to keep her from dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that but she remains comatose. Yeah. She's, she's still not awake point. yet. So it feels like we're reaching like the end of kind of this day. Hopefully, maybe. God, please. Uh, <laughs> but, but are we? No. No, no, <laughs> no we're not. And no, because remember, there's another Dracolich. Can we just do a quick recap of all the stuff that's happened? Like, just like a like a bullet list of like, Okay. she had right. sex for the first time. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Let's start from the beginning. beginning. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wandering, Chron- chronologically, the- not emotional weight. <laughs> yeah. yes. Wander- wandering in the fog. Yes. She had the first fight with the company. Mm-hmm. Killed her first man. Killed her first man. Clubbed him. Clubbed him to death. That, that, <laughs> I, I, I want to make that a second bullet point. Yeah. Killed her first man. Watched her company die. Yep. Mm-hmm. By magic. By magic. Got chlorine gassed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bullet point four for those of you keeping track. From a dragon. From a dragon. From- Woke up in a crypt. Mm-hmm. That's five. Yeah. Got teleported. Got teleported to a place that is almost entirely inhabited by devils and adventurers. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there was what? Gargoyle, Sturges. Sturges. Tentacles. Fury. Fury. Yeah. Tentacles. 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 Tentacles, right? <laughs> then 
passed out for second time after falling on coins, mm -hmm. passed out for third time after waking up in coins and realizing more fighting was going on. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, wait. Heard about how people wanted to assault her. Yes, when she woke up with a, yeah, heard about how people wanted Possible to assault Possible first rate. Possible first rate. Content. It's such a long day. <laughs> you know, okay. So we're not even, like, we're not even to the point where we want to, to the point that we've gotten to in the book. Looted two dead guys. Yep. Got captured by the shadow cell. Mm-hmm. The shadow cell. The shadow, shadow cell. <laughs> Saw Narm's first failed attempt to rescue her. Yep. Got interrogated by the Shadow Sill and a Draco Lich. Mm -hmm. Got Narm's second attempt to rescue her. Mm -hmm. I also think I want to add in just an added yeah. bullet point. Saw a Draco Lich. Saw a Draco Lich. <laughs> Saw a Draco Lich. That's a big my pants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got involved in a cave-in. Passed out. Yep. Mm -hmm. Found Narm had sex. Mm -hmm. Found Narm had sex. <laughs> found Narm. Found an orb. And found an orb. Second cave in, passed out. Mm -hmm. Woke up, destroyed ball here. Yeah. Thought she had killed the shadow cell. Thought she had killed the shadow cell. Thought she'd killed the shadow cell, fought the ball here, and the ball here won. No. Um, <laughs> and then. Absorbed its power. Absorbed its power. <laughs> and unleashed her bonk. And, and yes. And then basically uh, after after spending those three pages uh, charging up her Super Saiyan strike, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she destroyed 70 cultists, one Dracolich, and a mountain. Cool. And the day's not over yet. No. Hey, guys. I also want to believe she fell in love. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's, 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 that's yeah. a big important thing. She did. She did fall. Yeah. Narm. 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 Who All has right. one cantrip left? One can. No, not anymore. Not, not he's, anymore. He's, he's completely it. out of magic. But I think that's a, probably a good place to stop this episode. <laughs> Please join us next time when we go into chapter eight. Much mayhem. Still right. the same day. <laughs> <laughs>